to the Story Embers podcast, a podcast dedicated to guiding and inspiring Christian storytellers to glorify God with excellent craftsmanship. I'm your host, Grace Livingston, and welcome to episode 40, The Power of Point of View. I'm Grace Livingston. I'm Hope Ann. I'm Josiah DeGraff. And I'm Gabrielle Pollock. And today we're diving into the world of POV. But before we get into that, a quick message to say that this episode is sponsored by the School of Kingdom Writers, a full-time training program for Christian writers who are serious about creating amazing media and reaching large audiences with their work. Aspiring novelists are encouraged to apply. Learn more and join the movement at SOKW.org or through the link in this episode's show notes. And stay tuned to hear from Brad Pocket, director of the School of Kingdom Writers, in this episode's Midpoint Break. Okay, back to today's topic. We're talking all things POV, which stands for point of view, if you haven't run into that terminology anywhere before. Let's start with your guys' personal experiences. What POV do you typically write in and what do you love about that POV? I normally write in deep third person or in first person. It kind of depends what genre I'm writing, to be honest. Most of my futuristic type stories are in first person and present tense, actually. And then most of my fantasy stories, though not all of them, are in deep third person past tense. And I like both of those because I can really get inside the character's head and I like being as close to the character as I can when I'm writing and portraying a scene from their point of view as much as possible. And also just you can do so many fun things with characters and with how they view things and all the wrong ways they view things. And it's just a lot of fun. I also tend to be a deep third person POV person. I have done first person in the past for certain works where it seemed appropriate, especially if it fit better with the genre. Uh, But as a fantasy writer, I tend to find that third person tends to fit better with the genre most of the time, although you certainly have first person uh, fantasies out there. But it's generally third person for that. And I've always personally found uh, deep POV to be stronger than a POV that's not deep, um, which isn't to say there isn't any value in doing a non-deep POV. But my tendency is that with the current state of publishing, deep POV is going to be the the stronger choice a lot of the time. And so I generally go with a deep third person point of view. I like to write, like just I and Hope, I also like Deep Third. I have experimented with first in the past, and it kind of depends on what character I'm writing. If I'm writing more of a lighthearted or contemporary character, I'll tend to go with first person. But usually it's Deep Third for me since I am also in the fantasy genre. What are some of the general strengths and weaknesses of different POVs? Some of you alluded to how different types of POV let you into a character's head a little differently than others. Can you expound on that idea and just paint for us a rough picture of what each of the different POVs will give you as a writer? Part of it does come down to genre. If you're, say, writing YA, first person is going to be a lot more, you know, would be a lot more popular, even if it isn't for, for fantasy. But first person point of view is going to tend to be able to 
help the protagonist feel more similar to the reader. It's going to help them feel more relatable. It's going to make the story seem more personal. Now, there are limits that come with first-person point of view. Well, at least historically, you often couldn't have multiple uh, viewpoint characters when you went with first-person. Although I've read enough multi-first-person point-of-view stories, it's still a minority uh, decision, but that's more acceptable, I think, in today's publishing landscape than it was a decade ago. Although I think it's hard to pull off. I think a number of them would be stronger if they hadn't gone with a, with a multi-first-person point-of-view approach. But those that, that tends to be the, the advantages that I think first-person point-of-view gives you. And often with third-person point-of-view, you can more readily shift between different viewpoint characters more easily. The big advantage in my mind that deep point of view gives um, is that deep point of view allows you to be able to get more intensely into the character's head. And the, the, the more intensely you can get into the character's head, the stronger the character voice in the story often is. There are some characters where you don't want to get that deep into their head. You know, if you're writing a mass murderer, for example, you probably don't want to get that deep into their head for a variety of reasons. Um, but I think a lot of the time there are just a number of advantages um, in building that personal connection that you get with a deeper point of view. So one thing that I found interesting studying both first person and third person is just that most first person stories are contemporary or are science fiction slash futuristic, whereas a lot of fantasy stories are third person. I'm not quite sure the reason for this. It's just kind of genre. I do wonder if some of it has to do with first person. You get more into the character's head. And so contemporary people are more familiar and more able to connect with characters that are in a more contemporary setting as opposed to a fantasy setting. I don't know if that has any validity or not. But anyway, I like first person because I can see the world very clearly through the eyes of whatever character has the first person point of view. Normally, it's always the main character. And it's not just a here's what I'm thinking and here's what I'm feeling, but it is what they notice and the things that they pick up and the things that they don't pick up subconsciously and also just having an unreliable narrator, which is a lot of fun. But so that, that's why I like first person and pretty much deep third person does the same thing where you're viewing it through the character's eyes. But you get to, you have more freedom to do more with descriptions, to kind of do a little bit more with what they're thinking and descriptions around them as opposed to first person. In the end, though, a lot of it for me is kind of experimenting with characters and with what sounds the best and what shows what needs to be shown in that particular story. Yeah, that sounds about right to me. And even if you only write third because, I don't know, your primary genre is fantasy or mystery or something, it's still good to experiment with your characters in first. So like if you're having trouble getting to know them, trying like a stream of consciousness with first person, even if you never use that in the story, can help you get into their head so that when you do write third person, it's a little easier. It's also, going back to what Gabby said, really interesting to switch a first person scene to third person or third person scene to first person just as an exercise. And you can kind of see little bits that don't work or that maybe have more telling or you can just see kinks, little things in your writing better that you want to fix or not even bad things, but just you notice more when you do that as an exercise 
I've had stories where I flipped back and forth a couple times before I finally settled on which one I wanted. That's a really great tip. I hadn't thought of flipping to a different POV just for my own sake to kind of get a better idea about where a character's head's at, even if I don't use it in a story. I love that. Now, switching gears a little bit, we've talked about the different types of POV, but let's shift to talking about the character in that POV position. And let's start at the very beginning with a really simple question. You have your cast of characters. Which character or whose POV should a story be told from? I think most of the time, with a few exceptions, but most of the time, the story should be told from the person who has the most at stake. It's from the point of view of the character who has the most to lose, because that's a character that's going to be working the hardest, most likely, um, in order to succeed. And thus they become the most interesting character for the story. Now, in my experience, most writers will generally know. They're doing one point of view. They probably already know who that is for for the whole novel. There are a few cases where they're not sure who the protagonist will be. Um, I, I tend to find my experience that oftentimes writers will generally know that. I think it becomes harder when you're writing a book with multiple points of view and you're trying to figure out who should a specific scene or a specific chapter be told from. And that's where I think this rule is often the most helpful because while there are some times when you'll want to tell a chapter from the character you might not have the most to lose, either their personality or the knowledge they have or other things makes them the most interesting person to tell the scene from, I think often the scenes will be most interesting if you think about, well, which character has the most at stake which character is the most personally invested in this scene's goal, and then tell the scene from that person's point of view. I think characters with the most at stake also have the most to learn in most cases because they're making really hard choices because they have a lot to lose. And once they make those choices, they get the worst of the consequences, again, because they have stuff to lose. And so in the end, they end up learning more than a lot of the other characters throughout the story because they have stakes. Yeah, I would agree with what the others said about which characters have the most at stake, yet also recognizing that this is writing, and so there are lots of times where you break the rules, or there really isn't even a solid rule. It's just individually, as you're writing your story, there's going to be characters that instinctively are like, okay, these are the ones you need to see the scene from. And also, there is the power of off-screen events, where there are times... A major event happens, but it's actually not shown from the character's point of view who is in that event. And this will generally happen for thematic reasons. Um, Sometimes it's just more powerful that way. I have a friend who is, there's a character who gets beaten for protecting somebody or something like that. But you don't actually see the event. There's a brother who's going and trying to, like, keep the mother from hearing it. And so you kind of, like, get snippets of it, but you don't actually see it because it's just more powerful than, oh, here's here's a, uh, you know, your standard whipping scene in a book. You, You get way more emotion because of little details in the family life that you are seeing through this scene. Just because... Whatever is going on is the biggest thing at the moment doesn't mean the character's happening to needs to be the point of view character. It's kind of a case by case basis, considering theme, considering what characters are learning what things. And sometimes it's just trial and error and writing the scene from several points of view until you get one that clicks really well. Yep, I've definitely done that rewriting process for certain scenes. I had to. um, Oh, gosh. (laughs) I wrote an entire book from one of these 
passive, not main character. So it is quite hard to miss sometimes, especially if you're a new writer and you're really attached to your charismatic, sassy character who actually isn't the best character to tell the story from. So I've kind of learned a little bit of how to find those characters in your writing. I think one way to find them is to look for a character who is not acting, who is just passively sitting on the side while somebody else confronts the antagonist. And that's the second way to discover if your character is not the main character, if he and the antagonist aren't really clashing. If the antagonist is focused on somebody else, then your bet is that the other character is actually the main character because he's the one in all the conflicts and all of those fun times. We'll be right back after this break. Stay tuned. You know, in the first century, Jesus's teachings were shocking and offensive to most of his listeners. Yet our Christian media today is weak, cheesy, and watered down. My name is Brad Paquette. I'm the director of the School of Kingdom Writers. Now tell me, are you ready to break the mold and move beyond conventional Christian fiction? Are you ready to challenge American readers? If you are, then I want to work with you. The School of Kingdom Writers is now enrolling for our 2021 full-time class, which starts this September. You can learn more at SOKW.org students. Now, if you're serious about writing professionally, this is the fastest track. You'll learn how to write stories that capture your reader's attention. You'll learn how to leverage the publishing and media markets. And you'll learn to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. I think it's time for Christian media to get loud. I think it's time for you to get noticed. Check it out and join the movement at SOKW.org. Welcome back, everyone, to our discussion on POV. So far, the panelists have shared their own personal POV preferences. They've given us a little compare and contrast for each of the different types of POV. And then finally, they tackled how to choose the correct POV character for your novel, chapter, scene, or whatever. Next, I I have a more nebulous question for you all. We talked about choosing that POV character, but now I want to zero in on how does that POV character impact readers' relationship with the story? I'm going to try and not be rambly in my answer to this question. But I think that the point of view character has a significant impact on the reader's relationship with the story because that's the medium by which readers are experiencing the story. If you choose a humorous character as your point of view character, that sort of thing will have an immense impact on how readers view your story and how humorous they find it. If, on the other hand, your character is wrestling with, you know, depression or anxiety or really difficult, weighty materials, that is also going to significantly impact how readers view your story because that's who they're going to remember. There are some characters that are simply not good fits to be a point of view character. I once attempted to write a story from a point of view character that I found rather unlikable, intentionally so, because I wanted to give them a character arc. Well, lo and behold, it didn't really work because as readers were reading the story, they were like, I really don't like this character. I'm not interested in spending a whole novel following him, even if he does change later on, for very understandable reasons. You know, it it didn't work. Um, And just because a character is an interesting character doesn't mean they're going to be a good point of view character. And so I think you need to think about what kind of tone best fits a story, what kind of vibe best fits a story, and also making sure that you're, you're the main point of view character is also sympathetic and acknowledging the fact that readers' opinions of the story will be shaped by the point of view character. And so it's important to make sure you're choosing a point of view character 
that both engages the reader and presents the story from the right point of view. I think what is also important when you're deciding which character to write your story from is to pick a character who is the same level of intelligence as your audience, because you don't really want them to read an entire book with a character who is an idiot and who misses obvious plot beats. But at the same time, your character's level of knowledge can actually heighten the emotion. I remember there's this short story I would recommend to anyone who wants to learn about dramatic irony. It's called Salvation by Langston Hughes, which is about this kid. It's told from his perspective. And as an adult reading story, you know so much more about his situation. But because he's unaware, it makes the story so much more impactful, even if he's not as intelligent as your audience. So that is also something to consider when thinking about the impact Pop will have on your story. I feel like everyone else has covered it really well. The POV affects the story in the sense that this is how you see the story. So it's like a very big general thing, but also it's a very important thing because, like Josiah said, depending on the character's basic emotions and basic view on life, you're going to get the tone of your story. Depending on what they know, you can get a reliable narrator, an unreliable narrator. And in the end, you're seeing the whole story from this character's point of view, depending on what point of view you're writing from. But yeah, pretty much all of them, you're still getting it from a basic character's point of view. Now it's time for our practical tips and tricks section. What general bits of advice do you all have regarding POV as a whole or specific types of POVs? Just shout them out. So if you're writing third person, one big thing to focus on is descriptions. Like, whatever the character's looking at, whatever's being described, is being described through their mind. You know, a soldier might look at something and compare it to fence, uh, like a fence to spear post. A seamstress might compare a fence to, like, fence posts like needles. And there's particular characters who might not notice the fences at all, and they notice the green pastures on the other side of the fences. So you both have how they notice things. And what they notice, because like looking at stars, you could have one person, you know, picturing it as this nice, warm, romantic stars. You can have someone else looking at them and they're like spine, eyes, the darkness. I don't know, something dramatic. So when you do third person, you have a wealth of possibility when it comes to description and just little details and subtext of how other characters are reacting and all that sort of thing. With first person, you do have the same thing, but generally, since it's from their point of view, you don't ha- you don't normally get as much description, at least not in my experience, simply because when a person is thinking, they're not describing things in their mind normally. So with them, you're going to be relying more on what they notice and what they don't notice, which is like... A bit tricky to write because obviously if they don't notice it, it's not in the story. But like when they notice it and they wonder why they haven't noticed it or however that ends up working. A big thing is just in general, whether it's a description, whether it's something somebody says and it completely goes over their heads, but the reader gets it. Or whether it's something they respond to and in their head it's a good response. But like for the whole situation, everyone's like, wait, what's going on? Why did you react that way? You just get everything as if you are that character and you're standing in that character's shoes in the moment thinking what is happening. And also, I would just say lots of practice. Write it in first person, write it in third person, not whole books if you can help it. 
or even whole chapters, but just like scene by scene and practice and just figure out what ends up feeling right. Yes. Also read, read and find books that do your perspective or even other perspectives super well. That's important as well. Another thing I'll add is just the importance of making sure that the point of view is distinctive, especially in multi-person point of view novels. One of the tests that I will use to see if my point of view is distinctive enough is to ask myself if another character was a point of view character for this scene, how much of the descriptions and everything that comes to the character's head would I, would I need to change? If none of the descriptions or the ways that people are being described need to be changed, that's probably a problem because different people notice different things and each point of view should feel distinctive. And so I think it's important to make sure that each of your point of views is distinctive. You're trying to differentiate them from each other, especially in a multi-person point of view novel. Although you do also need to make sure if you only have one person, one point of view throughout the whole novel, that there's still a memorable point of view to be in. I think what's also important, tagging along to making sure your descriptions are memorable and unique, is to also consider the priorities of each character. Because if they all go into one scene, they're not going to all serve the same function in the plot. They're going to have different ways of going about something. So say you have a character who is very driven, not that in tune with other people's emotions, really doesn't care about the train wreck she leaves behind. Or on the other side, you have a character who's like, you know what, I want something, but you know, I got to take care of people or I got to consider their emotions. So their thought processes are going to be completely different from each other. So if you, like Josiah said, you can interchange those characters and they have the same thought processes, then something's a little bit off there. Thank you guys for joining me on this episode, and thanks to all of you listeners who tuned in. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Have a topic or question you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast? Email us at info at storyembers.org to let us know. And as always, special thanks to our Patreon supporters, Taylor Clogston and Michael Stanton. Want to help us better guide and inspire Christian storytellers? Visit patreon.com slash storyembers to become a supporter and get access to exclusive Storyembers updates, swag, and more. Finally, join me again on July 19th as Josiah, Deus, and Rolina talk about the first season of The Chosen and discuss what the show gets right about Christian storytelling, all on the next episode of the Story Embers podcast.